0: The subject of no excuses. Today I talked about our addictions. We can be addicted to anything. One of the things that the church is addicted to the most is complacency. It's all right. We're good to go. I'm going to pick on Brother Scotty. My family's here at church. We're saved. What else is there? It's the way a lot of people are when they get saved. Brother Scotty's not that way. But they get saved and think, that's it. We're here. We're just going to, you know, our, our, our people are saved here and we're good to go. And we're not going to worry about anything else. I heard somebody saying it's, it's true. Once you get saved, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. There's work to do. Tonight, I want to preach about no excuses. You can turn to Luke chapter 14, verse number 15. And these are some scriptures I already read this morning. I know I use these scriptures. I'm not senile. I didn't forget. And Wow, could you not read something else today? I can. I can read something else. But this just kept burning in my heart. These scriptures this morning, I feel like they were a great example of what God's doing in my heart. God messing me up in the right way. God ever mess you up? I mean, some, sometimes even our plans. He messes them up, and you're thinking, what in the world's going on? But God messes you up in the right way. I've heard it said before, and I've said it myself. God, interfere. Come on in and interfere with whatever we're doing. When God starts stirring in your life, we better pay attention. God is impressing things on my heart that I don't understand, but we have to be willing to follow the Lord's leading. In Luke chapter 14, verse 15, reading from the New King James Version. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it. I ask that you have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to test them. I ask to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. That was the funniest one, I believe. Verse 21 says, So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and there's still room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. I want to preach for just a few minutes about no excuses. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. We already know that it is anointed, and I'm thankful for that. I ask you, Lord, tonight to move in my heart. God, let me speak the words you would have me to speak. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. God, I ask you, let the words that come out of my mouth penetrate the heart of man, God. Let our hearts be ready for the seed of the word, Lord, that it go down deep and take root, that we can see and hear what you would have us to see and to hear. I ask you, Lord, to bless these people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. How many had a good day? How many got a nap this afternoon? How many needs another one? I need a haircut. I keep doing this right here. I'm gonna get my own little clippers and clip it out myself, I guess. Just give me, (laughs) get myself white walls as they used to call them when I was a kid. Oh man. Excuses. We use them all the time. How many have someone in their family that you know that they use excuses more than anyone else in your family? There's that one person in your family always has an excuse. No matter what the, what the question is, no matter what, what's going on, man, they have an excuse. It's just ready. I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it could be possible, but they're ready with an excuse every time you say something. Oh, I don't like them people. <laughs> I'm telling you. We use excuses all the time. In fact, I believe instead of baseball, it's become our national pastime. We got to blame somebody. We have to use an excuse for everything. I talked about this a little bit this morning. No, one's, no one wants to accept the blame, so they make excuses. Now, no matter which side of the, the party you're on, Republican or Democrat, I seen a friend of mine post on Facebook this week. He said at the first of the month he was paying, or at the first of the year he was paying $1.73, I think, for diesel, $1.79 for diesel, and now it's what price? 299 and he's upset there has to be a reason for this and he placed the blame it wasn't his fault and he let everybody know whose blame it was but people don't they don't want to accept the blame they always want to make excuses no one wants to become involved so they want to make excuses the sad thing is, it sometimes feels like this practice of making excuses has become the number one activity of the church. Hey, can you help me out and move this or that? And, well, I'm busy right now, but I will in a little bit. It's become just an excuse. Christians are the best at making excuses. And I know it's not this crowd right here. It's not this crowd right here. And, and really, I can actually look out and say, it's not this crowd right here. I could ask any one of you to do something, and you would do it, and I appreciate that so much. Your servant's heart, that's what we want, but so many Christians, that's not the way they are anymore. They want to make an excuse for everything. Just as these people in our text, they they all gave excuses. People in the church worldwide are constantly giving excuses, and I want to just look at a few of these excuses, and we're not going to be here very long, and you can get back out in the rain and... uh, get wet that's right Webster says a reason the word reason is an explanation or justification of an act or of excuse me of an act or idea a cause or motive to understand the difference between the two we must look at the uh, motive aspect we're talking about a reason or an excuse a reason or excuse I could have named it that tonight too but I didn't it's no excuses. When you have a reason for not doing something in the kingdom, you're not trying to avoid the responsibility. Amen, Pastor. That was a good one. By the way, Hannah, it's so good to see you today. I don't get to talk to her much. We're in class together a lot of times. And so good to see her with us. You are welcome here tonight. And, and don't criticize me afterwards, okay? I preached on gossip and backbiting, so that will get you if you do, so (laughs) welcome tonight. If we have an uncontrollable circumstance, a scheduling conflict, or we genuinely don't feel God's leading into a particular area of ministry, that's a reason. That's a reason. If you're laying in your bed sick and can't get up and do something, that's a reason that's not an excuse. It's a reason. Everybody understand where I'm going? An example of this, if we're sick, this is uncontrollable. But don't say you're sick and can't do God's work and then go to your own job. Because then you just, you just use it as an excuse. Okay? That's putting your job. Here's what it really is. It's putting your job at a higher priority than God's work. Lord help us. Two, two mean sermons in a row. Can you take it? It's, it's good. It's to me too. An excuse on the other hand, Webster says, is trying to free a person of blame to, re, to release from an obligation or a promise. The motive of an excuse is to justify getting out of doing something. Wow. Wow. Now I'm not supposed to talk about my boys. But wow, every time I ask them to do something, there's an excuse that comes out. Not a reason. It's an excuse. I know I pick on them all the time. How many has ever had a kid that give you an excuse? That's like when the kids are small and they're explaining why they can't keep their room clean. There's no legitimate excuse. It's... <laughs> There's, not, there's no reason for it, so they give you excuses. What, this is one, I'm going to tell you, this is a really funny one. Cardin told me one time, said, Dad, I can't keep my room clean. I said, why? He goes, I have too much stuff. It's probably the closest to the truth, as there actually was. But I said, well, well, we can get rid of your stuff. How's that for you? He didn't like that idea. They give an excuse why they can't do dishes. Why a bath is not necessary. Why they can't stop doing what they're doing and when you tell them to stop doing it and help you, there's always an excuse. It's not a reason and it's not their fault. They're trying to let you know It's, it's the best game ever. I can't stop it. There's choices that must be made and some people choose not to obey God's word. They choose not to obey God's word when he tugs on their heart and asks them to do things in the church. I, I regret to tell you that when I, in my younger days, I had opportunity after opportunity to minister to youth, to minister to Sunday school classes, to speak at different events, and every time I had an excuse. I did. I'm being transparent. I'm telling you the truth. I don't know why a church would ever ask me to teach their Sunday school class, and I didn't have a book or anything. They said, would you like to teach Sunday school today? And I was like, No. Usually, there wasn't really a good excuse. It was just like, no, I don't want to do it. That was my excuse. There's a lot of people that choose not to obey God's word and, and attend church, pay tithes. So they try to free themselves from the obligations by making excuses. We can go back and look at our text. They bought land, had to go see it. I said it this morning. Who buys land that doesn't already know what it looks like? If he really bought the land without seeing it, he could have gone at a later time, but no, it had to be at this particular time. They bought oxen, needs to go prove them or to test them. Same thing, he could have proved them or tested them at another time. I just got married and I have a wife. That doesn't make sense either, unless she was so ugly he's embarrassed to be with her. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say how pretty she was. I'm just trying to find, why, did, why, does, why does this make sense to this guy? None of these excuses make sense. It reminds me of a story about a red truck. How many have ever heard a story about a red fire truck? Everybody, you, know, you, you ever wonder why fire trucks are red? I'm fixing, to, I'm fixing to fill you in. Full of knowledge right here. Fire trucks have four wheels and eight men. Four and eight are 12. They're 12 inches in a foot. A foot is a ruler. Queen Elizabeth is a ruler. And Queen Elizabeth is the largest ship in the seven seas. Seas have fish, fish have fins, and the fins fought the Russians. The Russians are red. Fire trucks are always rushing. Therefore, that's the reason why fire trucks are red. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? So if you think this is a wild story, you got to hear some of the stories people try telling and explain why they're not doing God's will. We have to be careful that we don't give excuses thinking we're given reasons. And I think that's really what happens. Is people they start giving you know they may have had a reason at one point but next thing you know it turns into an excuse. You take the excuse away, the reason away, and next thing you know, they have another excuse. Matthew 7 21 says this Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does tell, or excuse me, who, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me that in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not, or we have, excuse me, I can't read tonight. You want to read this for me? Verse 22, I'll read it again. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. This is an important aspect of what I I want to say here tonight. I want us to know why we make some of the excuses that we do. And people do in the church and it's hard it's tough probably the number one thing is to hide our spiritual dedication to the lord is why we make excuses i'm not just talking about you i'm talking about me i'm talking about the church world that's one of the reasons why probably the number one reason we hide their lack of spiritual dedication in our excuses So many in the church world don't come to church regularly because they haven't made God their top priority. They make excuses. Jesus isn't Lord of their hearts, but it hurts too much to say that, so they come up with something else to try to justify their decision. We're talking about excuses, not reasons. All right? We usually make excuses to get someone off our back. At home, with your parents, you're trying to make an excuse to get them off your back about something. So you make excuses. Sometimes it's the pastor or some other church member checking in on you, making sure you're all right. And instead of the reason, we tell the excuse. Excuse givers feel that if I can just give a good enough excuse to the pastor, everything will be okay. Can I tell you that don't work? It, it it don't work, and, and telling me an excuse, who cares? You can tell me anything; I, I'm gullible. It's not the pastor people are trying to fool, but God. It's God they're trying to fool, and He doesn't get fooled. He knows the intent of our hearts. He'll never be fooled. Wow, Hebrews four and thirteen says. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Wow. You can tell me whatever you want. I'll believe you. Hook, line, and sinker. Tell it to me. I'll say, wow. <laughs> That's a whopper. Unfortunately, with our hearts, you know what happens when we give an excuse? It starts hardening the heart. It starts hardening our hearts, and it becomes easier and easier to do whatever we're doing when we're given excuses. It really is. Sometimes it's a challenge. Let's just find another excuse. This would be fun. It becomes a game. Let's find another another something we can do. I'm thinking about on the job. I've had people on the job before just keep coming up with another excuse. Why didn't we get this done? Well, you know, so much will come in. We want to make sure he was all right, and we would mm. I'm just like. But you're supposed to do this. You were told to do. This. Well, I, I thought it would be better. I, I think they literally sat around and think of things to say, just to maybe irritate me. But anyway, excuses. And guess what? When our hearts get hardened, it's easy to fall off into sin, and then and then it's we just can't hear the voice of the Lord anymore. We're doing what we want to do. It's really a prideful thing. It really is a prideful thing. These excuses. There are a couple more reasons for making excuses. Getting tough again. Spiritual laziness. We simply want to do our own thing and just, re- just disregard God's commands. I don't want the word to tell me what to do. Do you ever have a sibling that just wanted to tell you what to do? I'm not even telling we're actually pointed just now. Every time my parents left, my older sister thought she was the boss. If she's watching tonight, you're still not the boss. I'm the boss. Boy, because she was older, she was always the boss. Mom and dad's gone. I'm the boss. I rebelled every time. I rebelled every time. Sounds like the rain. is coming. Lord, send us the rain. Whatever the reason, people make excuses. Don't allow yourself to become hard like so many others To God's convictions. You know, when God convicts you of something, pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. He loved you enough to remind you of something that's not right in your heart. Pay attention to it. Hallelujah. I I told you this wasn't very long. We're all ready to end closing right here. Can I get some music up here? All right. I want to share just a few more excuses that I've heard. If I name one of these that hits you, don't get offended. I didn't have you in mind. Yeah, I didn't have any of you guys in mind. So you're all you're safe. You're okay. Here's one that we've heard all of our life. Number one. Sunday is the only day I get to sleep in. It's the only day I get to sleep. What if Jesus would have used this excuse on the day he was to be crucified? You know, I'm just not feeling nails in my hands today. I'd rather just sleep in, and I mean, really, excuses. Let me tell you this: if we'll put God first, if we'll make the effort, if we'll get up early in the morning, you know, I always think about. We get up every morning, come in here and pray, and, and every morning I'm tired. Every morning, I'm thinking, when is the day going to be where I just wake up, I'm all refreshed, like, man, Bible, prayer meeting, we're fixing to go to prayer meeting, I'm so refreshed. Miss Donna can tell you, I come in here looking like the worst guy in the world. I've got a hoodie on, my hat on, I just come dragging in. But I begin to pray, and the presence of God starts refreshing my spirit. After a while, I pull my hoodie down. I'm feeling so good, I can pull my hoodie off. God will give you that rest if you'll make that effort to be in church Worship Him. He'll give you the strength and the rest that we need. Some people say, well, the roof would cave in if I came into church. Every time the doors are open, that'd freak people out. Nobody expects me to be in church. People would be astonished if I was in church that much. Can I tell you, these people in this church, they'd love it. They'd love on you if you was in church all the time. Amen. Here's one. The temperature is never right. It's either too hot or too cold. Looking up at my mom right now, she has a shawl on. and She has a little space heater up there in her loft. and She's going she's to keep it warm right there in that section. I tell Shelly when we go on trips, I said, dress in layers. So I can run the air conditioner on high. She can put on whatever she needs. She can take it off when she gets hot that's great but you know what personally we're talking about the church temperature I'd have it a lot colder in here for me everybody else wouldn't be comfortable with that though maybe some of you but wouldn't that be selfish of me we're running it on 65 and I don't care what you say Lord help us here's one I like I'd rather watch the TV preachers. They're better preachers than you, Drew. Duh. I mean, I know that. These guys are good. I understand that. Can I tell you about TV preachers, though? I love them. I I watch them all the time. But you know what? If you try to call them and you get sick, it's going to be hard to get a hold of them. someone dies you want them to come and preach a funeral you need a friend to cry on you just need somebody to talk to and listen to I don't think T.D. Jakes is taking my call I, he's a good preacher I, I look Rod Parsley I, I don't think he would just say oh that's true let me, let me have the phone Jimmy Swagger no I don't think they're going to care enough to grab the phone and listen to me Guess what? They're shepherding their flock. They have a church. They're shepherding. Guess what? God give you a shepherd. God give you a shepherd. You can watch on TV preachers anytime. I do. You can still come to church. These are excuses. We're still talking about excuses. Excuse number five is there's too many hypocrites in the church. Well, let me give you a scorecard. You write everybody down and then you guys can go over it while you're wherever you end up. I'm not going to say. Number six, my family come to visit me. I can't go to church. Family's here. Got this going on, got that going. Can't do it. Church is going, you know, church is going to be there all the time. My family only comes once a year. People that's not even saved come into your house. And I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm just saying this happens. And instead of being the example we cave into what they want. We're not going to go to church. We're not going to talk about God. We're not going to share the word when you could just bring them to church. Well, number seven, one of my favorites I can worship at home. Look, let me tell you something. You should be worshiping at home. Without a doubt, 100%, I back that as pastor. Worship at home. But when it's time to come to church, worship at church. <laughs> I can be a Christian at home and go to church. Well, sure you can. All I'm saying is I haven't seen a fish that didn't like water. I haven't seen a bird that didn't like flying with other birds. Christians enjoy fellowship and worshiping Christ with other Christians. Hallelujah. Number eight, I'm too busy to work in the church. I'm too busy to go to church. Let me tell you something. When you get too busy for church, you're too busy. When you get too busy for God and the things of God, and let me say this, church was instituted by God. It was. And so when you want to just take that part out of the Bible, you might as well just take everything else out. Just write your own Bible. The book of Scotty says, the book of Drew says, I'm just saying, when you're too busy for the God and you're too busy for the church, you're too busy. My last excuse tonight is a classic. I don't feel led. If I didn't feel led in everything that went on in my life, man, I'm not sure I'd do anything. For eight months, Tony Burrell wore me out about pastoring this church. And for eight man- months I said I don't feel led I'm not called I'm not a preacher sometimes we have to do some things we don't feel led to do that God calls us to do anyway because if you're not feeling led to it's really not just feeling like we don't want to do it is what it really amounts to if God's calling you it's what you're supposed to be doing super spiritual people use this as an excuse and you know i just don't feel led to that i don't feel like being led to a sunday school class or teaching youth or what, whatever the thing may be but god knows our heart and i, and I know this is a, an example here it's first samuel 16 and 7. it's talking about samuel and, and we're, we're talking about a king and everything but it, it there's a principle here first samuel 16 and 7 says but the lord said to samuel do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God looks at our heart. He understands our motives. He knows what's a reason. He knows what's an excuse. I'm not here to guilt someone into anything. I just want you to, I I, want to challenge you to look at your own life. Is it a reason or isn't it an excuse. What I found out in my own life is the things I really want to do I end up doing. I'll find a way. I'll find a way to do it. I understand we all have priorities and we can't do everything but isn't it time we're honest with God if we've made these excuses we've tried to fake God out we've tried to fool God the scripture tells us Lord looks at our heart he already knows would you stand with me we can't hide behind excuses we need to be honest with ourselves. we need to be honest with God if you're watching online if you're here in the in the house tonight and you have did this at any time can I challenge you to repent tell God wash my heart clean God, I'm living for you. I'm I'm a Christian, but there's some things, Lord, that we, we need to get out of our lives, and some of them are excuses why we're not serving him the way we know we should. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now that your word is true, and I'm asking you right now, Lord, that these words will penetrate man's heart, Father. Lord, that you will minister to us in such a way that you open our eyes of understanding that we'll understand exactly what we need to be doing, what we're called to do, God, what you're showing us to do, I ask you, Lord, to minister to each and every one of us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you find you a place to pray?